Before we get started, this time around, Bo, Jeff, and Jason were not able to make it to the recording, so you've got myself, John, Dennis, and Pat, and we're going to be talking a few to a kill. Also, just a quick note before we get started, um, this was originally going to be the 30th episode before we did the reaction show to the Force Awakens trailer, so I do make a comment about it being the 30th, 30th episode, even though it is, in actuality, the 31st episode. In a world where some of the greatest motion pictures ever made are reaching their 30th anniversaries, one group of friends gathered together to pay tribute to these films. Pat Cantagallo, Jason Kale, Dennis Matouche, Jeff Mazuka, John Reed, Bo Warmbold. Each week, they feature one movie that reminds us why we fell in love with these films in the first place. This year, we travel back in time to 1984 and 1985. You're listening to the 30-something Movie Podcast. Thank you for joining us on this very special 30th episode of the 30-something Movie Podcast. We were going to do something special, but nobody changed our minds. We realized. Let's talk about movies. We were going to talk about movies because that's special and Pat's special. So, <laughs> so the movie that we're going to grace your ears with today is A View to a Kill, one of the best worst James Bond movies ever. View to a Kill came out on May twenty fourth, nineteen eighty five. It was rated PG. Directed by John Glenn, not the astronaut, um, who did For Your Eyes Only, Octopussy, The Living Daylights, License to Kill. Was produced by Albert R. Broccoli, very, very tasty man. Um, he did all of the Bond movies up to Goldeneye and died in 1996. Written by Richard Maibaum, if that's how you say his name, uh, Michael G. Wilson, and Ian Fleming, who did the novels. Music by John Barry, who did all of the Bond movies, Dances with Wolves, and a few other things. The budget for this one was $30 million. The box office was $152 million, so not too shabby. Starring Roger Moore as James Bond, he was also in The Saint TV show, Live and Let Die, etc. Uh, Christopher Walken as Max Zorin, who was in Pulp Fiction, The Prophecy, The Deer Hunter. Tanya Roberts as Stacey Sutton, was in Charlie's Angels, Beastmaster, and That 70s Show. Grace Jones as Mayday, she was also in Conan the Destroyer. Patrick Mackney was Sir Godfrey Tibbet. Uh, he died in June 2015, so just a few months ago. Uh, he was in Spinal Tap. Desmond Llewellyn as Q. He was in all the Bond movies and Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Robert Brown as M. He was in lots of the Bond movies and lots of British TV shows. Lois Maxwell was Miss Moneypenny in pretty much all the Bond movies. Walter Gotell as General Gogol was in several Bond movies and lots of TV shows. Fiona Fullerton was Pola Ivanova, was in a lot of TV movies. Um, Allison Duty, which is just a fun name to say. I was... Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yep. Um, if Jeff was here, he'd just be giggling. Yeah, but I am giggling. Too. Dennis is too serious for that kind of humor. <laughs> Dennis doesn't even know we're recording, right? <laughs> Allison Duty played Jenny Flex. Uh, she was also in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Christopher Walken actually won an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor in The Deer Hunter, and I believe that makes him the first Academy Award-winning uh, villain in any Bond movie. What did she play in The Last Crusade? Uh, she was, um, I'm totally going to blank out on her name. She was the female. Elsa Snyder? Elsa, yes. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, she was Elsa. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, Rotten Tomatoes gave this one, the critics gave this one 34%. The audience gave it a 41%. Um, I believe Ebert and possibly Siskel both gave this a thumbs down. Well, didn't meet with their approval. Well, industrialist psychopath Max Zorin, who as a result of World War II genetic experiments, initiates his plan to destroy Silicon Valley and become the sole provider of electronic microchips. James Bond is the only obstacle in his path. I propose to end the domination of Silicon Valley. 
project main strike a secret plan for which each of you will pay me 100 million dollars <laughs> A secret weapon. Uh, we're not sure about her. Name's Mayday. Someone will take care of you. Oh, you'll uh, see to that personally, will you? There's only one man who can stop them. Roger Moore played Bond from 1973 to 1985 in Live and Let Die, The Man with the Golden Gun, The Spy Who Loved Me, Moonraker, For Your Eyes Only, Octopussy, and View to a Kill. Moore was the oldest actor to play Bond. He was age 57 in this movie. Originally, the villain role was offered to David Bowie and Sting. Uh, David Bowie turned it down so that he could star in the movie Labyrinth. Thank you for turning it down, David Bowie. Mm-hmm. Uh, This one shares a name with an Ian Fleming short story from A View to a Kill, but the movie's plot is totally original, um, as was The Spy Who Loved Me. That was not from an Ian Fleming story. The plot mirrors the plot of Goldfinger in several ways. Orc Goldfinger plans Operation Grand Slam to irradiate all gold in Fort Knox and make it worthless, increasing the value of his gold. A dissenter to the plan is taken out and killed by Oddjob, which is roughly what happens to the guy who doesn't want to take part in Operation... What was it called here? Operation Main Strike. I think that's what it was. Operation Main Strike. Uh, As we said, Christopher Walken was the first Oscar-winning actor to play a Bond villain. Uh, The opening sequence may have sparked interest in snowboarding and started that sport. Dolph Lundgren actually appears as a bodyguard for General Gogol in this movie. He was dating Grace Jones at the time and was on set. One of the extras was missing, so they asked him to step in. Tanya Roberts turned down a role in Highlander so that she could be in A View to a Kill. And David Yip, the uh, 007's Chinatown contact, was actually Indy's friend, Wu Han, at the opening sequence of Temple of Doom, which we just talked about mm-hmm. um, last week. All right, so this one. A lot of people have said that this is the worst Bond movie ever. How do you guys feel about that? Maybe Live and Let Die <laughs> might have been okay. worse. Well, I don't know. If it's the worst one Let's ever, what, what makes it the worst one? Go ahead, man. Go ahead. All right. Well, I'm going back again. I saw this when I was probably 18, so I liked it at the time, but I didn't. The, watching it later, I did not like it as much. So, um, I think that when you're, you know, James James Bond. I mean, Roger Moore in this one just seemed a lot old. I mean, what was he 57? They said mm-hmm. or something like that. And it seemed like I don't know. Just I, this one did not hold up as well as I would have remembered when I was a kid. When I was a kid, I think I remember actually liking it. Mm-hmm. But it was, I don't know if it was because my dad liked those movies, and you just went. And, you, and that was the the one you grew up with was Roger Moore. I did not know Sean Connery movies yet, mm-hmm. as far as Bond. So I do was Roger Moore. So I kind of had a, uh, a a liking already to the Roger Roger Moore Bond films that we were seeing. 
so I didn't think it was that bad, but hold it down if it held up as well. Like I said, it just seemed he was too old for the role. Didn't seem as just didn't seem as cool of a movie. It seemed like it was almost campy and jokey at times. I mean, Christopher Walken is always good as a villain, mm-hmm. um, but I think for some reason I, I just live and let die. I saw a few years back, and I remember thinking I didn't like. I'm trying to think exactly why, but um, I. I so just those would be my two bottom ones, and I think I put "Live and Let Die." Yeah, I, you know, I watched this movie, and it just kind of seemed, you know, the term is vanilla. You know, it mm-hmm. just seemed like okay, mediocre, mediocre yeah. Bond movie. You know, it was it, there wasn't anything super standout about it. It was like, and it, if you went through the movie, it was like almost checking the boxes. Okay, opening, opening ski scene, check. All right, the snowboarding thing was cool. You know, you mentioned that uh, that because as I was watching it, I'm like, oh, okay, he's going down, and man, the stunt guy, and that's what then I'd catch me. Oh, the stunt guy, that's some pretty cool stuff. And then I thought, wow, his snowboarding was that even a thing when that movie came out? Yeah, you not know, yet. So I mean, that was that was pretty cool. So that was neat, and you know, there was you know the the horse scene, and then you know at the end there was. You know, there was plenty of, like, martial arts action and, you know, guys getting thrown out at the end. The big, you know, wrestling at the top of the, what was it, the Bay Bridge or the Golden Gate Bridge mm-hmm. or Golden something. Bridge. So, I mean, there was plenty yeah, of action. Golden Gate. But the thing was, the movie just, it seemed a little, the movie seemed lackluster. In fact, when you were going through it, I thought, man, I, I shouldn't have watched that movie so far away from when we recorded because a lot of the stuff I wasn't registering. But I think I watched that movie only, like, a couple days ago. It just there wasn't as much standout, and I, and, and I, I think it was it was because, you know, I hate to say that you know the the actor and actress the main leads were looking old, but almost even the story itself just it, it, story. it, it didn't seem like a new direction. Whereas then you mentioned that okay, well they took elements of this from. Goldfinger, they took elements from everything. So that's kind of what it was. It was like, okay, let's just make hodgepodge of the traditional bonds the bond stuff stuff. together. And done well as far as like production, yeah. like all that. They are, yeah. They're going to like I said, the budget. action sequences were Those crisp. All, yeah, it's mm-hmm. got nice, you know, location. It's all that's nice. It's just the story itself is weak. Right. And when he was hanging from the helicopter, the thing I thought was, wow, this is 1985, and this is like the kind of action you would see in the 1960s. Mm-hmm. Nothing against it. It's not like I needed more flashy, or it's just it's like we've seen this before. We need to kind of see something new because if you want to see that, go back and watch those older movies. Like this should be going in a new direction. Yeah. And, it, and I guess the other disappointing factor is when I look, and I didn't know this at the time. That's why again, going back, I thought oh, I'm going to love this movie, and then I was like, eh. I think it's because it was Roger Moore's last mm-hmm. movie as well. You find that out, you think you go, you go out with that. Mm-hmm. I think there could have been something, like you said, it seemed like a phone in, phoned in James Bond movie, right? Traditional elements, all done, shot well, good stunts, that type of stuff, good action, but story-wise, nothing new there, nothing really exciting, nothing that really you know sent him off into the sunset as James Bond in a in a meaningful way. Well, and I guess they, I guess they, originally were. I don't know if they were trying to look for somebody else, but when they co- when they called him and asked him to do this movie, he told them, I'm too old. Okay. Like, I'm too old to be James Bond. You don't want me in this movie. And they said, no, 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 come on back. Do one more with us. And he agreed, but he told them up front, he's like, I, I really think I'm too old for this. I think you should find somebody new, find somebody younger. That's and But but he said, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm friends with the director, and if he calls me and says, come play James Bond one more time, I will come play James Bond one more time. But I told him up front... I'm too old for this. Okay, I'm, good, so yeah. Good. So I mean I think he I think Roger Moore knew going into this, so I don't know and and I don't know if that kind of bled into some of the other stuff that was going on with this movie. Some of the things that I read was that he didn't didn't really get along with anybody on this set. That he particularly Mayday, apparently he and, and Grace Jones just like could not stand each other, hated each other, um and, and fought constantly. He didn't like um uh, what was her name? Tanya, Tanya was it Roberts? Roberts? He didn't like her as a Bond girl because she was what a third of his age, half his age, and he told the producers and the directors, "Look, this is not believable. She's way too young. I'm way too old. She's way too young. This is just not. Mm-hmm. This doesn't work." And so I, I watched some old interviews, and of course, you had the different actors as they would. They've all said, "Oh yeah, you know, Roger Moore is a great guy to work with. And we had a great time on the set." And 
and yet you have this other stuff where you find out that like no they were fighting the whole time and he didn't get along with anybody and Mm -hmm. so I don't know if it was kind of a grumpy old man thing where he was just where he was phoning this in where it was just a yeah they called me and asked me to come to James Bond so I'm going to do it and then get out of here and and that'll be the end of it but um, and the other thing you mentioned about how you know they had good locations good action everything else um I guess that what the director, I don't know if this was in one of the DVD extras or or where I saw this, but uh, he said that sometimes they waited to find interesting locations and then wrote the story around those locations. So like when they found City Hall in San Mm -hmm. Francisco, they're like, oh, well then let's have a scene at City Hall where they do this. Or they found this particular, um, you know, this particular spot somewhere and they said, oh, this is a great location for... A car chase, so we'll do. Oh, we got a bridge. We've got a bridge that we can fly over with the with the fire truck, and then, so I guess they waited sometimes with the story, and they said, okay, let's just find good locations, and then we can have that yeah. push the story along. And that makes sense. Which is why it looks like every other Bond movie, and exactly. it kind of blends in with. Because mm-hmm. I don't even think you could probably help a little bit if you had put Timothy Dalton into this role. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I think. He, yeah, I mean, I think some of that would have been cleaned up a little bit but it still would have just been like you know so License to Kill was something different wasn't right. that the next Bond up right was, yeah. yeah that was some. that showed it something different yeah you know now with this one too um, and this was something that the, the whole thing about Roger Moore being too old I didn't have an issue with that as a kid like I, I didn't notice that didn't right notice it, didn't notice it watching it this time and, and I loved this movie and I still like this movie I don't know that I think it's one of the worst ones. I think there's some other ones that I'm not as big of a fan of. But I think, and Jeff and I were talking about this earlier, Jeff didn't necessarily like this one either. But there have been movies that we've watched either for this podcast or just for fun and said, well, why Like, why did I like that movie? And I think, Dennis, I think you just mentioned it a minute ago. I probably watched this with my dad, and my dad loved this movie. Like, He loved movies that had ridiculous villains and I mean, he loved Jaws and The Spy Who Loved Me and Moonraker and and just some of the James Bond movies that I remember sitting and watching with him as a kid were the most ridiculous ones mm-hmm. and those are the ones that he loved and so I think I'm attaching the memory of him enjoying that and me enjoying that with him to oh I love that this is one of my favorite James Bond movies but then I go back and rewatch it last week and I'm like why would this be one of my favorite James Bond movies this is not a good movie and I, and I remember this time, like, watching it, and no other time before had I ever thought, wow, Roger Moore is really way too old in this movie. But watching it this time, I was like, wow, he is really old in this movie. And I'm noticing it this time that he seems to be slowing down. Like, he can't keep up with the villains, and it's, you know, you can tell that half of this stuff was his stunt double mm-hmm. that was doing all this. And, you know, I, there's not, there doesn't seem to be as much action in some of the other there are, there's more action in other Bond movies because he was younger and he could do more of the action than what you see in this one. Yeah. So what about Christopher Walken in this one? Because now, I mean, this was early on for Christopher Walken, and now when we think, and now and when now, we think, I feel like I was now, now with Christopher wow, Walken. I can't believe you. So those of you listening, feel free to do your own Christopher Walken impersonation at home. On solo screen test. Okay, Chris, whenever you're ready. I'm captain of the Millennium Falcon. Chewie here tells me you're looking for passage to the Alderaan system. Yes, indeed. If it's a fast ship. (laughs) Fast ship? You've never heard of the Millennium Falcon. It's the ship that made the Kessel Run in less than 12 parsecs. She's fast enough for you, old man. That sucked. I'm sorry. I need a minute. By the way, my name is Bruce Dickinson. Yes, the Bruce Dickinson. And I got to tell you, fellas, you have got what appears to be a dynamite sound. Having seen some of his other movies, The Watch, Little Man, um... Having seen some of his other movies where he does play crazy and he can play villains, I'm thinking, I don't know if you guys have seen any of the Prophecy movies yeah. where he plays Gabriel, the yes. Archangel. Yeah. Yeah. Watching those movies and seeing how much of a villain he is there and how that's, and I forget when those came out, but it's a few years after this, um, I'm thinking maybe he just hadn't played a good villain yet. And so 
his because his villain here is not villainous enough. Mm-hmm. I feel like if he, I mean, they keep repeating that not only is he a villain but he's a psychopath. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like I need to see more of that. And the only scene that I think that really shows up is when he takes the machine gun and starts mowing people down. Yeah. in the mine. And Roger Moore actually was on record saying this is not a James Bond movie. When he saw that scene, mm-hmm. he said, "This is not a James Bond movie. This is not what James Bond is about. It's not about gratuitous violence." Mm-hmm. And so. I don't know. That was the only scene to me that really showed that that he was a psychopath. But at the same time, Roger Moore says that took it out of being. It was no longer a James Bond movie when we hit that point. So, I don't know. What did you guys think of Walken as a villain in this one? I, I'm going to just go ahead and say I th- what I, I think. I think Walken now or Walken yeah. 10 years ago or 15 years ago would have been an awesome James Bond villain. Yeah, but I'm, was he too young for this? I don't know. I don't know that he was too young. It was just or the way it was written. It was. The, mm. I, I hate to say it. It was just. It was just the vanilla thing. I mean, it's like when Doctor Evil says, talks to Scott and says, "You're not evil enough. Mm-hmm. You're quasi evil. You're mm-hmm. semi evil." That's this movie. It's like yeah. semi exciting action, semi villainous villains, which is repetitive. But oh, I mean, sorry. you know, that's kind of what hit me with this. Is okay, cool, but give me more. And I, I mean, I could see James Bond. Or James Bond. I could see uh, Roger Moore saying, "Oh, well, that's not James Bond," you know, because the movies that he'd done, the way he'd taken Bond to that point, you know, that's that's what it was. I think that the scene is pretty out of place because that was, and when I saw it, I'm just like, "Wow, that's not the character that Christopher Walken was playing." And then as soon as he's done, and, and even that, it just was like, "Why is he blowing all those guys away?" Nothing he's shown us up to this point shows that he's a psychopath like that. So that because the other stuff was other stuff you'd see Bond villains do, yeah, like dropping the guy out of the blimp, you know, right. the guy that doesn't want to be a part of Operation Main Strike. He's like, you know, he's, he's going to yeah. step out and go get a drink. Well, that's like the chair, but the that, specter number, whatever right. I mean, chair, dropping down, right. putting the one guy, you know, putting him out to the sharks and having the right. sharks eat. But that's it, every other Bond villain, so right. nothing about that. I mean, how is he How is he more of a psychopath than any other yeah. Bond villain we've seen before? Yeah, there's nothing that really, he just didn't stand out. And that one scene just seemed out of place because of it, you know. So, I, mm-hmm. I, don't know, I agree. I mean, like you said. Would, would David cool. Bowie have been a better villain? I'm kind of curious to have seen that now. <laughs> I think it was the part. I think because I feel like I feel like David Bowie's just weird. I don't he's know that weird, he's weird, so it had a more weirder factor. Like right I, I do want to just you know when David, when you listen to this, weird in a good way. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I, I love your music. Movies yeah. are awesome. Like I thought, but you're weird. Totally off thing. When Last Temptation of Christ, he was David Bowie. David Bowie was Punch's pilot. Yeah, and it was like the perfect Punch's pilot mm-hmm. because he wasn't really a wimp, and he was he was just there was a dis. I don't know, like a, it was. It was just a very. I like. I like the way he played the punches pilot role. So I think he could have brought a weirder element, like you said, to this. Um, but again, I, I agree with him on the story part of it. Just not. Yeah, I mean, the, not as. In very very middle of the road, mediocre is probably the best word to describe it when I see it now. And again, I think it's the nostalgia part initially going in. Yeah. Father, all family watching it, all the James Bond movies. Mm-hmm. Well, I loved all the James Bond movies and. So, that factor. Yeah, I throw it in and watch it again. I mean, I might mm-hmm. even get it and watch it again because it was like, okay, cool. You know, just it's a fun movie. That's I don't know if I get it, but if it was on TV, I'd yeah. watch parts. Oh yeah, of yeah. It. Was, I wouldn't go if it was out Netflix and say, oh, I want or TV. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I know yeah, that. That's I wouldn't probably. be like, I'd watch it again. Yeah. Like, let's right. go get that. Right. Unless I was trying to show I'm not gonna, somebody. I'm not going to go buy a copy movies. of this. Right. Personally, I wouldn't go buy a copy, or I wouldn't go and say, let me go. I haven't seen this in a while. Let me go see this again. But if it was on TV, yeah. or if it was on a station, I was just—I'd stop and I definitely would watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that—that's just kind of what it, 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 I, you know, it's not like a super phenomenal movie, but it wasn't like oh my gosh, I'm looking at my watch. It's mm-hmm. not you know what the heck is going on. This thing is, you know, it was—it's uh, just that all the, he, he yeah, it, it just no one. Every, no one didn't even not even a matter of going up to 11 mm-hmm. these nothing in this movie went past like 3 went to like 4 two. yeah um, I mean and again the very next thing licensed to kill the villain in that I mean that guy was that, he was a bad guy mm-hmm. but it kind of it was something new I mean he was more of a, I think in License to Kill it was like he was a drug kingpin that you know so you know there were guys getting hacked up and there were guys getting murdered and you know it wasn't like the typical Bond villain. Mm-hmm. 
quote unquote. Whereas this movie had the typical Bond villain, and it's kind of been there, done that, and the typical Bond villain wasn't even that, you know, exciting in this thing, you know. So that's it. Just kind of was an out of place, out of time. Yeah, apparently the oh, something else that I read about the story, um, and actually the villain's plan originally in one of the scripts um, was Zoran's plan was not to not to flood Silicon Valley, but was to divert Haley's comet so that it would destroy mm-hmm. Silicon Valley. It's a little out there, and I don't know how you do that with 1985 special right. effects. Um, and the other one, I think it was actually at the movies um, with Siskel and Hebert. They point out that Zoran's plan would not really work anyway because Silicon Valley is not where man- where microchips are manufactured. It's where the computer companies are. Mm-hmm. So by destroying that, he's actually destroying his like his uh, customers okay. and not his competitors. Okay. So it wouldn't actually make any sense for him to destroy them because he's actually going to put himself out of business by right. destroying Silicon Valley. Um, okay. I've, I've got maybe two more questions on this. Um, and they both have to do with the actors in some of the main roles. So Stacy Sutton, Tanya Roberts, probably one of the most helpless Bond girls I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean that it kind of and it makes me think of when we were talking about Temple of Doom, screaming all the time. Yeah, pretty much screaming all the time, completely helpless. I feel like even before this one, you had Bond girls that were totally capable of holding their own, staying with you know in the action, maybe even taking some shots. You know, they've got their own weapon, they've got their own fighting skills. That are you know some way they're going to help Bond out. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like Stacy Sutton. I mean, if she can't realize that there's a giant Zeppelin coming up behind her mm-hmm. when she's running up that hill and she gets grabbed and right. pulled into it, right. totally useless. Yeah. So, I don't know. That, to me, just kind of stood out this time as I was watching it. I kept thinking, like, why? We've had, we've had Bond girls. I mean, wasn't it was Octopussy right before this and you had that whole team of women ninjas mm-hmm. in Octopussy? Why would they go from strong female characters? You've already got people... You know that don't like James Bond because he's sexist. Yeah. But then you have strong female characters in something like Octopussy, and you move from that into screaming helpless Stacy Sutton who can't do anything on her own mm-hmm. in View to a Kill. Yeah. So I don't know. I just noticed that time. I didn't know, notice that as I watched it this time. No, I agree on that. I mean, it's, that was. I, I think it was. Yeah, it was the, the comparison to the Temple of Doom. I was, you said mm-hmm. before I said it, where it was just like they're just screaming more often than not. And it's yeah. not that tough sort of. There, I remember, and like just just the whole Bond list of all the different women that were in there. And as a kid, you're like somebody they, they scared me a bit mm-hmm. to a certain degree. Well, it was like that, you know. So that's and that's like my follow up is yeah, who's, yeah. who's your favorite? And, and you can go from from beginning until all the way up to. Uh, you can even talk Spectre if you want to. Which, by the way, we're going to try to do. Yeah, I was going to say. I was going to say Monica Bellucci. There you go. Okay. I'm done. I'm out. I don't. I don't know. I ever see the movie. That would be okay. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm excited. Monica, Monica Bellucci. Bellucci. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just saying. There you go. There, I'm done. So we and I will interject here for a second and say that we are going to try to do. We've talked about maybe doing some newer movies as well. Um, since there's some big ones coming out, we definitely will do a show for the new Star Wars movie when it's out in December. We've talked about going to see Spectre uh, when it comes out and doing a show for that one. So be looking for that because we po- will probably try to do that as soon as those come out. And Creed too. I think we're going to try to go watch Creed and yeah. maybe do a show on that one. So yes. So any for anything from the beginning. I mean, you can go all the way back to original Casino Royale, all the way up yeah, to I, Spectre. No, I'm trying to look up the list. That's what I, I want to do is look at the list yeah. before I say one. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna just jump right on down and just say Monica Bellucci. <laughs> but she has not been officially at all. Okay, so if that's unofficial, is yeah. that like that's like that my credit seen. card statement? Movie that you've pending. seen. This is pending. pending. Mm-hmm. It's pending. Okay. That's fine. Okay, so who processing? I've watched, I've watched the trailer at least sixty times in the last <laughs> hour. I'm, now, are we saying our favorite or like the strongest? Uh, let's go favorite. Favorite. That's why I made it. Yeah. I mean, oh, well, then, strong as let's, let's go favorite. That. Okay. Well, that Monica Bellucci. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. I'm not gonna choose. I'm not gonna choose Grace Chuck. <laughs> it's just gonna be Monica Bellucci, no matter Monica what. Monica Bellucci, one more time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let I mean, me see. Can we list favorite Bond girls that are not in a Bond movie? Because um, Braveheart. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. I Did th- you see Matrix Reloaded? 
<laughs> so, you know, I, I you know going back all the way to Goldfinger. I mean, <laughs> I I mean, as far as well, favorite. I, what was the one uh, from Russia with Love? The one uh, from from Russia with Love. I'm just rambling. <laughs> Everyone's looking at it. Let's keep talking. Wow, thanks a lot, autocorrect. I typed in Bond Girls and it turned it into Bond Whore. <laughs> well, I accidentally typed mine. It was Blind Girl. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody finds your phone. What are you searching for? Blind Girl. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even get the, the, the 4G to work. All right, list of all James Bond girls. We have uh, Honey Rider. Ursula Andress, Sylvia Trench. Of course, the names are just awesome. Yeah. Uh, we have Honey Rider, Sylvia Trench, Miss Tarot, Tatiana Romanova, uh, Zora. Was Russia? Uh, is that Martine Beswick from Russia with Love? I. I don't, is that from Russia with Love? That's Zora. Uh, Vida. Bianchi. Danielle. I think her name's Daniela Bianchi. Pussy Galore. Jill Masterson. Tilly Masterson, Bonita, Dink, Domino Derville, Paula Kaplan, Fiona Volpe, Patricia Fearing, Mademoiselle Laporte, Kissy Suzuki, Aki, Ling, Helga Brandt, Teresa de Vincen- Vincenzo, mm, can't say it. Vincenzo, Ruby Bartlett, Nancy, Tiffany Case, Plenty O'Toole, Bambi, Thumper, Marie, Solitaire, Rosie Carver, Miss Caruso, Mary Goodnight, Andrea Anders. Seda, Chew Me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> when we start getting into like the racist names, then that's, yeah. uh, you know. Anya Amasova, Log Cabin Girl. She didn't even get a name. She was just Log Cabin Girl. Naomi, Felicia, Holly Goodhead, Corrine Dufour, Manuela, Private Jet Hostess, Melina Havelock. B.B. Doll, Countess Lil Von Schlaff, Octopussy. Chew me. I, I know. <laughs> Magda, Bianca, Stacy Sutton, Mayday, Kimberly Jones, Pola Ivanova, Kara Malovi, Linda, Pam Bouvier, Bouvier, sorry, Lupe Lamora, Natalia Simonova, Xenia Onatop, Caroline, Y. Lin, Paris Carver, Professor Inga Bergstrom, Dr. Christmas Jones, uh, Electra King, Dr. Molly Warmflash, <laughs> Jinx, Miranda Frost, Peaceful Fountains of Desire, Vesper Lind, Solange Dimitrios, Camille Montez, Strawberry Fields, Severine, Bond's Lover. That's all she was listed as. Yeah. That's it. They don't even go up to... Well, we have, like... Did you say Terry Hatcher? Yeah, she was the... Oh, God, what was her name? She was um, Paris Carver. Yes. I think... I think... Favorite Bond girls... Bond girls... I think... From uh, from Russia with Loves. Her name uh, Daniela Bianchi. Bianchi. Okay. Um, I think she'd be up there. Because she sounds close to Monica Bellucci. <laughs> no, but since you that's, mentioned it, that's the only reason. <laughs> since you mentioned, no, that's always. I mean, you know, like I, uh, we grew up watching the the Sean Connery Bonds. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. that was. I mean, my dad was like those were his favorite Bond movies because my grandma. Uh, was a big, was a big fan of Sean Connery, and that was like those were the best ones. So I mean, those are what we grew up with, and and I I just always remember um, watching uh, From Russia with Love was one of the best ones. And know, I, I, she always stood out. I'd say. Yeah. Okay. See now, here's the here's the thing about this. Now, 
you asked you asked that kind of question. You were just sort mm-hmm. of elaborating a little bit further. <clears throat> when you ask that question, is it you looking at the character or are you looking at just favorite? Because <laughs> that's at some because, point because, they're because attractive. at some point, yeah, it's mm-hmm. exactly no. like well, what is and the, that's what I was what is say. the one that he, yeah, because that's the tough question because mm-hmm. you go by character. Let's, Otherwise, let's, let's go the full package. See, honestly. And, and this was going to be that stood out. Two are blonde, okay. two are brunette. I tend to go back. <laughs> and I don't remember their names. <laughs> Barbara. Oh no, I remember okay. the actresses. Okay, names. that's what I'm saying. I, I'd have to look up the character names. Right. And it was the one. In the, the one girl. In the, it was Eva Green in the, the Casino Royale. Yeah. Right. Which I, Vesper Lind. Yes. yes. Yeah. It was Vesper Lind. Ursula Andress. Yeah. From like I remember watching it when my <laughs> dad was watching it. Like it was like one of the the Sean Connery ones. I believe. Yeah. Um, Ursula Andress was was that, Barbara Bach. Was that Hunter, Honey Rider was yeah I so. Barbara Bach was Anya. He's got those something. Things. He's good. He's got those. Well, so Barbara I, Bach I just looked and at the then list. the other one was the Sophia. Um, the was yeah Sophia Marceau. Okay. Electric Anya, King. Electric King. Yeah, and Barbara Bach was Anya Amasova. You put those. Which, that's actually my favorite one. Which one, Barbara Bach? Yeah. yeah. So you put those four in. It's like yeah. See, and that's just all like the actresses and the. Yeah. I'm going by. I'm not going by role and mm-hmm. what their script was and that. That's right. Probably the ones that I yeah. That yeah. I just was like, man. Yes. Yeah. James Bond. Yeah. <laughs> I. Uh, I'm. I'm still saying Monica Bellucci. <laughs> <laughs> I watch. I watch that preview, and I mean the, the fourteen thousand times. The, yeah. What's your, what's your, two seconds of see next week. Time? Next week it's going to be. What's your favorite part of Spies Like Us? Oh, Monica Bellucci. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I picture that there at one is. point she was watching that movie. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how she ties in. Um, I would say no, but the other one, and just because I, the early Bond films, and I remember like she. She uh, she's stuck out. Yeah, same thing. I remember growing up and just uh, Daniela Bianchi. It was from Russia with Love. That's I remember her. And then as far as just like is that why your daughter's name is Daniela? Yeah, not not quite, not quite. <laughs> that that, that uh, it's spelled differently. And okay. yeah, yeah. Um, but then also you mentioned Eva Green from Cos- uh, Casino Royale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just thought that was such a cool character. Yeah. yeah. And how they you know that was. You know, it's it's not a big uh, yeah. it's not a big secret that I'm a fan of the. Well, I think everybody's a fan of the new Bonds with mm-hmm. Daniel Craig, and I think just you know her role, and she wasn't helpless, no. but she wasn't you know she they she helped. I mean, they really worked well together, mm-hmm. and she was kind of like conniving, and so then he turned just the way they wrote mm-hmm. her into the story and the way she played the role. Um, well, I just, and I like that because you have, I mean, people accuse the Bond movies of being very sexist. Yeah. And so I think I like that when you have a strong character that can hold their own and they're right in there with him and it's not, yeah. you know, it's not a helpless mm-hmm. damsel in distress kind of thing. Yeah. Right. And, and it doesn't need, it doesn't necessarily need to be like someone that can like, you know, get into a fight with them, like, right. you know, like a, a, you know, some sort of like physical fight. I mm-hmm. mean, it does, but it's just a strong character. But they can at least hold their own. Right. In some way, right, and that's I'm trying to honestly I'm trying to think back to I mean you know the from Russia with love being the middle of the '60s probably not the high point of you know women's equality and roles mm-hmm. and all that I, I I'm curious to go back and see um, with the the character in there if if she was because I want to say she was a spy. Uh, the description of that one says where Bond falls for a Russian cipher clerk who is an unwitting pawn of Spectre and yeah. international crime syndicate. That's right, because the head of the KGB, the one she was Spectre number mm-hmm. six or Spectre number seven or something. Yeah. You know, and the other thing... Tatiana Romanova was her... Yeah. Romanova was her character's name. You know, and it's like some of the Bond movies, like, I mean, uh, what was the one Halle Berry was in? That was so Tomorrow a, Never Dies? Tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or Die Another Day. Die Another Day. Yeah. She was somebody died. Yeah, know. she was supposed to be like, you know, an action another spy. I think mm-hmm. she was with the yeah. CIA. Yeah. You know, and it was that was cool, and that was a good movie. But I mean, I don't think that necessarily. And there's someone that was like an action, and you know, mm-hmm. you know, she's out there fighting right next to him. She's the one sneaking in, and 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 I don't think she really stood out. Yeah. Any more than any of the other ones I, that, yeah so I don't think anything stood out in the Pierce Brosnan movies but that's just me yeah um, yeah I think mine is probably Barbara Bach um, I remember I think The Spy Who Loved Me is probably the first 
Bond movie I ever remember seeing. And just the whole that entire movie. I mean, I will if that's ever on. That would be the one of the Bond movies that I would actually go buy a copy of. Yeah. Um, I think the whole thing with Jaws, the whole thing with yeah. the Atlanta, the city of Atlantis thing, and the, I don't know, just the whole thing. Um, and the fact that she was she was a spy that was for the most part his equal, and that they kept having this whole you know one-upmanship kind of thing as they were going through. Um, Oh yeah, the, I mean the whole scene on the train and I, just the whole movie. I could, yeah, and his car, the submarine car. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, okay, so interestingly enough, yeah. I just want to say since we're talking about Bond, there's a great special out there. I can't get internet access mm-hmm. to like, but it's is this, it, is the one that was on Netflix. It was on Netflix, about? and I was talking about this with Jeff. Yeah, that breaks the whole Bond thing, like the behind the scenes. The I think I started to watch oh, some of that. Gosh, what was it excellent. called? It's like. It's it's almost like a Bond title. It's like yeah. you know, um, nothing to lose or I, I don't know. It's it's there's some title. We'll we'll look it up and we'll we'll edit it in. But that one really broke it down and and really breaks down all the political behind the scenes. Everything and, or nothing. Everything or nothing. Yeah. And you know, it's like how it started off, and then this producer got mad at this screenwriter who then, like, tried mm-hmm. to steal some of it, and there was actually a I rival did. You know, Bond. I did. I was watching some of this. Yeah, yeah. There, was, there was, like, a rival Bond. Like, they tried to bring Sean Connery back and, and do, like, a separate James mm-hmm. Bond movie, and that came out the same time as, I think, The Spy Who Loved Me. Okay. And then... You it, can... Yeah, you can actually find... I don't know if it's on Netflix anymore. I don't think it is. Okay. Um, but it looks like, just from looking real quick, it looks like you can find it broken up into several different parts on YouTube. Yeah. So if anybody wants to look for it, it's called Everything or Nothing, The Untold Story of 007. Yeah, there's some really interesting material. So to, to wrap this one up, um, we've talked about favorite Bond girls. Now we'll do, I mean, there's going to be other Bond movies that we'll talk about because in the next few years or so, we've got the Timothy Dalton ones coming up. Um, and that was kind of a question I was going to ask too, is people complain about Roger Moore being too campy and then Timothy Dalton right after that was very serious and he didn't last long. So I, that's a whole other Discussion though, um, so my other question is: Then who's your favorite Bond? Like we've got Bond girls, but that's the big question for everybody: Is who is your favorite Bond out of all the different people that have ever played him? Mm. It's so weird because, like, I, I, like and again, having seen the movies growing up with the Roger Moore, that was always the first. I was like, oh, it's Roger Moore. I did not like mm-hmm. like so much the Timothy Dalton and the Pierce Brosnan as much as I just didn't get into. I mean, third some that are good, but I did not like them as I think because it was growing up. Roger Moore was James Bond. Mm-hmm. You know, you have that type of thing. I will say that probably I'm really I'm. It's a toss up between having seen the movies now later and looking at all of them without that whole time piece of what you grew up with. It's a tie. Uh, it's almost a tie between Sean Connery. Probably giving like some credit because he was the, the first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he wasn't even officially the first. Right. I mean, he was somebody before that, but um, and Daniel Craig. I like yeah. Daniel Craig. It's a it's a good bond. Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I think I'm I think I'm the same. I think growing up it was always Roger Moore, and that's who I remember being Bond. Um, and then I, I I think now Daniel Craig. Had you asked me this question before, Daniel had you asked Craig. me this question a few years ago before Daniel Craig, I would have said Matt Damon. Because I remember looking at the Jason Bourne movies and thinking, wow, I wish James Bond movies could be <laughs> yeah, like, like yeah, this yeah. kind of... Because that was the time, you know, you had all the... I'm not a big fan of the Pierce Brosnan movies. I don't. I no. never really liked him as Bond. I, To me, some people said that Roger Moore was more of a parody of James Bond than an actual, you know, yeah. you could take him seriously, James Bond. Yeah. But I always felt that Pierce Brosnan was trying too much to be... A weird mixture of Roger Moore and Sean Connery. Mm-hmm. Like he was trying to do some serious, intense stuff because he had some of those movies. Like there was that one. Was that um, was that Die Another Day? Where he there was the whole torture thing at the very beginning of the movie. He got captured and they were torturing him. And he was you know he'd been captured for several months. And then mm-hmm. M came and got him out of the prison cell. And then they yeah. had to kind of rehabilitate him. You know you had intense stuff like that. And then the rest of it was the the goofy kind of mm-hmm. one-liner quips that you got from Roger Moore that he was most yeah. well known for. So I don't know. I never. I went to go see the movies, and I'm sure I enjoyed the. I enjoyed them at the time for being James Bond action movies. But he would probably be at the bottom of my list of, of favorite James Bond. But you know, up to that point, I you know, watching the Jason Bourne movies, I would have said, well, Matt Damon's 
one of my favorite James Bonds, but now Daniel Craig has kind of come in and he's done, he's brought more of that kind of flavor to the James Bond movies. The whole series, I think, is kind of nice resurgence. They've Mm -hmm. shown it something new. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's just, it's... He just said, he's got that that cooler, quiet part to it. I I said this, I forget what podcast it was on, but you can just sit and watch him. He doesn't need to say anything or do anything. He just looks good to just watch him on screen, I think. Now, have you heard about any of the people that they're thinking will be up for James Bond? Because I think Daniel Craig, actually Daniel Craig had, there was an interview maybe a couple weeks ago, and he, he, I think he said something to the effect that if I have to do another James Bond movie, I'd rather die. Like, I'd rather shoot myself in the head than play James Bond again. <laughs> so, yeah, I think, I, I don't know if this is word for word, but he said something to the effect that if I come back and do another Bond movie, it's only going to be for the paycheck. Mm-hmm. So... He's pretty much done. Roger Moore said right. the same thing, and right. they didn't listen well, to him. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So this will be Daniel Craig's view to a kill. Yeah. Um, have you seen any of the other people that are up for Wait, after new he James does Bond? this one? Or? No, that's Spectre. That's it. Okay. For okay. I, as, as far as I can tell, Daniel Craig has said Spectre's it. Okay. Because th- this will be the one that he's going out on. I hate the one with Monica Bellucci to be like well, him just in there for the paycheck. No, 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 no. Okay, no. all right. Okay, no, so this one he's done, but all right. you know, okay. after this one. Um, have you seen any of the other names that have been listed? And if so... What do you think? Because they've talked about, they've talked, there've been rumors floating around about who the next actor for James Bond will be. The last few years, um, some people have listed off some different names of actors that they thought would be good James Bonds. Um, The one that everybody seems to list off pretty regularly is Idris Elba, Mm -hmm. which I think would be kind of interesting. It would be your first black James Bond. What else has he been? Uh, he was in um, Pacific Rim. Yeah. He was in what else? Has he been. He was in the Thor movies. Um, oh God, there's more stuff he's been in, and I'm, I'm yeah, blanking out on it. Mm. But I mean, he's a I mean, he's a pretty well established actor. He's been in some good movies. Um, he was in the TV show The Wire. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. I mean, I. There's the other guy. Um, other people have thought that, um, and this guy is in the movie, he's in the TV show Homeland, uh, Damian Lewis. I don't know if you guys watch Homeland at all. Or. Yes, I have seen that. Okay. He was the, he's the main, yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, that, the, he was in uh, Band of Brothers. Oh, was he? Okay. Yeah, he was. Boy, and it's funny because the role, I know him in Band of yeah. Brothers, and the role he had in Band of Brothers was like completely different. Okay. <laughs> the, the James Bond character. So the only thing I've ever seen him in is um, it was a TV movie series called The Foresight Saga. It was one of those kind of old British, mm. like a, almost like a Victorian era type thing. And he was this like squirrely evil. Um, he was this husband that kind of tricked this woman into marrying him, and then he was kind of really verbally and psychologically abusive to her and would never let her out of the marriage even though they didn't oh. love each other and so I, I, I take that and I'm like I, didn't, I don't know I can't picture that guy well as. it's funny because watch any of Band of Brothers uh, I think it's on Amazon Prime which it's an amazing series but he, play, he plays like a, you know a, a US Army mm-hmm. officer and I mean he's a very noble character <laughs> so boy that's like three completely different roles yeah. it's the Bond thing they've also mentioned Henry Cavill Superman Okay. As playing James Bond. Actually, I believe he was up for Bond. He was the second choice of Daniel Craig. Okay. Didn't take it, I believe. Um, but his Man from Uncle movie, I don't think, did very well. So I don't know if they're still looking at him to. Yeah, to do you that. know what? They're going to find the guy, and it's going to not make sense to us until we see him on the screen. Mm-hmm. And then it'll work or it won't. But I don't know this Daniel Craig thing. This will be hard to follow. There was, really there was even a rumor yeah, that they were talking. Enough, yeah. There was even a rumor they were talking about doing a female Bond. So, I don't know. Okay. I don't know about that, but... Um, and what was the... There was the other one that I heard recently. Um, Tom Hardy, that they were even looking at him. Tom Hardy might be decent. Mm-hmm. Bane. Bane. You know who he is. Yeah. Uh, Mad Max, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Think that might be decent, but... Yeah, I don't know. This this will just be a hard act to follow. Mm-hmm. But, I mean... You know, you're just so focused on Monica Bellucci that you just can't you can't even see past. In essence, yes. But you know, I'll I'll um, I'll um, 
you know, I'll take the, take my medicine, right? Didn't I say, like, mm-hmm. you know, don't try and make the old movies. Just go back and watch the old right. movies. So, I mean, hey, if I don't like it, hey, that's cool. I'll go back and watch the ones I want to watch. You know, right. I'll watch it and, and not complain and moan about, oh, well, it's... It's not like this guy. I mean, Daniel Craig they had a hard time with because he was blonde. And it was like, right. you can't have a James Bond that's blonde. Yeah. I was like, watch the first 30 seconds of Casino Royale, and I think oh, yeah. that put that to bed. So, All right. Well, I think that is going to wrap it up for us. Oh, you know what? There was one part that I wanted to talk about, um, and you know, we'll, we'll take a couple minutes on this. The opening credits. Like I love the opening credits yeah. for the Bond movies, and I think this is probably my one of my favorites. The okay. for View to a Kill, yeah, and the, the song, and the song, the Duran Duran, yeah, yeah. Says, that up. yeah. yeah. Um, is that what I heard? Is that maybe it was that pulled up before? I oh, okay, that might, maybe made me think that. about it. But um, and the guy that did, he did the title sequences. I think for most of the James Bond, he did them from 1962 to 1989, except for from Russia with Love and Goldfinger, okay. uh, Maurice Binder. Um, and he was the one that did all those, so that's why they all look, you know, kind of the very similar and right, yeah. and the silhouettes of bodies flying around and mm-hmm. guns and things like that. And yeah, um, yeah, no, I just wanted to very point that out because I love the yeah. 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 All right. Well, that's going to do it for a view to a kill. Um, you can join us again. We'll let you know um, if we do end up doing a Spectre episode. We'll let you know ahead of time. Um, we are looking at doing a possibly some kind of a Halloween episode um, coming up sometime before Halloween. We'll post that up. Um, but uh, scary and horror movies of the '80s. So that one we'll be bringing to you fairly soon. Um, otherwise, next week we have got Spies Like Us. So join us back here for Spies Like Us, and we will see you then. Did we totally miss your favorite Bond movie? Do you have any comments about the movies that we've got coming up that we'll be recording soon? We've got several different ways you can get in touch with us and interact with the show. We're on Twitter, at 30podcast, that's at 30podcast. Facebook, 30podcast, that's 30podcast.facebook.com. You can head on over to our page on the Podbean service. That's our crowdfunding page and our regular website, The30Podcast. That's T-H-E-30Podcast.podbean.com. If you're interested in supporting the show financially, well, you can click on the Be My Patron link, and there are several options there. You can also give us a call on our voicemail line. It's 872-35-MOVIE. That's 872-356-6843. And we're looking forward to hearing from you. There are also several different ways you can listen to our podcast. You can go directly through the Podbean site, the30podcast.podbean.com. You can subscribe to us through iTunes and leave us a review. You can also find us on the Satchel Podcast app for Android. Wow. What a view. To a kill.